Yeah. Arthi, you are a smart person. You have multiple sure. degrees. Sure. <laughs> okay. Don't sell yourself short like that. You have multiple degrees. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are a doctor. Mm-hmm. I Can am, you- what did Wendy say? I am multi-hyphenated. You are multi-hyphenated. Yes. Can you explain to me Karen Huger math? <laughs> well, that's not where I thought that was going to go. You know, <laughs> Karen Huger math is magical math. It takes into consideration multiple parallel universes <laughs> and the infinity of our existence. There's no time and space involved in it. <laughs> there are dimensions uh, and fractions. There's temperature differences. There's a freezer involved. And there's the the heat of the hell fire involved. But it's all done with kindness, with no maliciousness. And it's all holy, you know? <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I didn't watch this episode until yesterday, and um, right. and uh, everybody online on Sunday night was acting as if like this like really diabolical like crazy episode happened, and there was so much discourse about like what's going on and problematic this and that, and what I was did like, watch what? What did you watch? Because like all they really did was go from like DC to Texas. They ate a couple of tacos. They sat and Karen- around, and I I think I even know. Because I've just been to um, Austin. I think I know that hotel that they were in. It has a great pool. But it's like in the middle of the city and there's not much to do other than look at construction cranes. So (laughs) Ashley took them all the way to Austin for, I don't know why. To sit in the cabana. They could have done that in D.C. They could have done that in Virginia or Maryland. And then Giselle keeps acting as if like she's like, Texas is a mess, which I agree, by the way, Texas is a mess. But Giselle is acting like Texas is a whole other country, which, again, I agree. Texas is sometimes functioning like a whole other country. But Giselle Bryant is from Houston. So I don't understand why she's like, she just doesn't want to run into people that she might know. That's all. She's like. (laughs) That's the scene of my original crimes. I just don't want to be around in the neighborhood just in case I run into somebody. That's going to tell Karen Huger all my secrets. Secrets that she doesn't even know yet. So they're going to tell her about Sing Sing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you want to know how hot that box is? Let me tell you how hot that box is. Like, can we put that box in the freezer with the quarter of the <laughs> Robin pie? The half of the half? <laughs> Silly. Uh, okay. I love, um, I love Karen Huger so much. So much. Okay. I want to spend some time talking about Karen Huger, her math and her pies. Okay. My favorite thing, because it's like this episode. The fence, just, the fence that the pie sits on. Oh, my God. The fence. Okay. <laughs> So obviously, like I said, they just go from Maryland to Austin and sprinkled in there is like Mia going to therapy and NECA going to a, an OBGYN, which was so fucking problematic. Mm-hmm. And um, and obviously this like NECA and Wendy fight. But Karen 
is yeah. on another television show, which I love. Oh, I love the Karen Huger television show. When they're there, um, she mentions the pie business in the car. She says something along the lines of, I don't want to put that whole thing in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Giselle's like, that's fine. I don't think anybody wants you to put the whole thing in your mouth. Um, and then they get to I the love club. that everybody else is just rolling with Karen. Now they have decided Karen has Karenisms. Yeah. And we just roll with it and we're not going to get upset over it. In fact, they all have an amused look on their faces. And they just, they are treating Karen the way the Salt Lake City ladies treat Mary more, Mary now. Mary yeah. Cosby. They're like, okay, Karen will say some stuff. It won't make much sense. We're just going to roll with it. It's the way the ladies of Mary to Medicine treat Heavenly. It's just like, right. okay, she's just, they're just going to say things. So they're right. eating tacos and stuff. And then Karen says, this is how she introduces her pie thing. It cracked me up. She says, everyone knows I have this visual this year and I'm doing pie. What? <laughs> It's triple be pie. <laughs> it was- I I bet she's gonna have three pies and call them triple twenty pies at her birthday party. I bet she's gonna connect that pie. I know Karen. I know Karen so well. She loves to pick on pick two or three themes and then just stitch them all together in a, this meaningless extravaganza that's going to just show up on the final episode, which will be her triple 20 party. Do you think that um, when it's going to be a three tiered pie and each tier is going to have like Robin's face, Giselle's face, (laughs) (laughs) Nika's face. (laughs) Do you think any of the piles are going to have pies are going to have pickles in it? Because last week she was all, she was like fully immersed in the pickles. Okay. So here's, here's the evolution of things that Karen has introduced just this season. Like, I think it was like the first or second episode, we, we learned that she's doing handshakes with yes. her acquaintances. Yes. It goes from handshake to hug. You sometimes no, get- No, handshake to bumps to um, elbow bumps to a hug. No, air kisses. No touching air kisses. Air kisses. Yeah. 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 Side hug and then eventually a hug. A so hug. we had yes. that. Yes. Then we had <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Pickles. Right. Then we had a whole pickles. Fence. No, we had the fence. Oh, we did have the fence. You're right. The yeah. fence. You hump the fence. You ride the fence. But she's the fence. <laughs> then we had Mr. and Mrs. Pickles. And now mm-hmm. we're on pies. Yeah. And again, I just want to I mean, say every like, episode, she keeps giving. She is and giving. And people don't appreciate it. <laughs> Season of giving. And yes. Karen is giving us pies. Again, very yeah. seasonal. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It just, it was so funny. She, everyone yeah, knows. On to the five eight candle yet, and then there's the triple twenty. So there's still so much more for Karen to give us. It's like you know how Oprah gave away Oprah's favorite things. This yes. is Karen's way of giving. This is the advent calendar that we are working down towards Christmas. You're absolutely right. It is. It is. It's the advent. It's like the on the on the eighth day of Potomac. Karen gave to me. A quarter frozen Robin pie. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, I love her so much. And like, again, I know everybody's like, I was so scared to watch Potomac this week. Why? This is hilarious. And I know there's obviously there's like the tension between Giselle and Candace, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. 
that is understandable that that's annoying and frustrating and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But you guys, like just Karen Huger's antics alone and even this fight between Wendy and NECA to me is so funny. It is funny. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. It is so stupid. And, you know, there are people that say, oh, this African witchcraft thing is like super serious, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yes, it is. But also in this context, it's still stupid. (laughs) It is so stupid. Like in the beginning of the episode, all the ladies basically were talking about whether or not they believe that NECA, NECA, when they say that, when she says that. Oh, I love that scene with, you know, Giselle and Ashley in the store with Mia and Giselle and Mia talking about how Eddie and I went at each other, how they talk. <laughs> so funny. Like, you can I, see that the, uh, the rest of the ladies find this funny too. They all find this silly, stupid, and funny. Yes. And I think that there is this thing, right, that happens every season, which is like when there's – not every season. Anytime there's a new housewife, they these women get into sort of like teams and it is really fun to watch them what, like get the new person hazed, you know? And so I feel like they're like somewhat enjoying it. But Giselle said this thing when she's talking about like the shrine and all that stuff. She's like, oh, I believe it. And you know what? I, I asked Jamal and Jamal told me this stuff is real. I'm sorry. Listen, I've I've been on record to say before, mm-hmm. Jamal Bryant is he gets on that, and when he's talking about politics, he says some fire stuff. Yeah. But just, I'm not gonna trust this man who's like he has in, no he has no pathway to the spiritual. There's no that's a pathway to the money to the yes. bank. That's what he's using the spirituality for. Yeah, <laughs> there's She's no like demons spirit. is real. You got yeah. this man got a million women pregnant. Of the real trolls that attack these women, including the one that wrote to Wendy and said that she should burn in the house. The house should be burned down and with her in it. Insane. That is much more real than any witchcraft that anybody does. (laughs) Okay. And we said this before. Like, we said this last week. There are – like, Wendy's mom is nutty. Later on, mm. when they, they read the tweet that Wendy, I'm like, Wendy, why are you reading this out loud? <laughs> I know it's not <laughs> helping you. <laughs> it's not helping. Like, it, when Wendy reads that stuff and she's like, see, no big deal. I'm like, <laughs> no, this is the problem here is like, you and your whole family are fucking nuts. Like, you're all crazy people. Ray like, Sunny told us, she clogged it. I didn't see it. Ray, our friend Ray told us, no, I know this Nigerian sister of mine i know yes. she's a little nuts <laughs> yes she clocked it right away she was like something's off with wendy okay yeah. and i do think like from the beginning we've sort of said that wendy is a clearly extremely smart but deeply insecure person right and when she gets and she's done this every season she gets around these women and she sort of like dumps herself down and right. like she stoops to a level that i'm like why are you doing this why are you putting yourself down like you are uh, so smart like yeah. I wish that she would almost move, not as mean as Candace can move, but like yeah. move in the way that Candace moves. Like you're so smart with your words. You're so good. And then instead you do these over the top, like repetitive comebacks over and over again that don't mm-hmm. help. Like her saying to NECA, are you lost? Are you lost? I'm like, no, Wendy, honestly, I think you're lost. Yeah. Like I, and I, sorry, again, backing track, back, backtracking to Wendy's mom is crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And most moms on the shows are crazy. And here's the thing that I think I figured out 
is that like NECA's okay. So here, here's what I've been able to piece together with the investigative journalism um, of me just watching the show. You wore a, you wore a hairband. <laughs> <laughs> you wore Megan King's Edmonds hairband. Just yes, hairband. I did. So I. Um, NECA says that Wendy's family started calling her cousin or Lebe is Ike's cousin. Mm-hmm. Lebe. She started calling Lebe. Ivy and Wendy's mom. Ivy is Wendy's sister. Wendy's sister and Wendy's mom called Lebe and started yelling at her about all kinds of stuff. But mm-hmm. in that was also that on top of all the other things, your cousin, your in-law, which is NECA, mm-hmm. is using us and our name for clout chasing, mm-hmm. right, to get on this television show. Right. And this was all happening before Ashley's uh, housewarming party, which is, right. again, something that we brought up before, too. This mm-hmm. happened on Good Friday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Such a detail. See, these details are what are making such a joyous experience. It's so silly. She yeah. called not just on Good Friday, but the second, the fourth, and the seventh. <laughs> multiple days, multiple right. phone calls, a phone call that was anywhere between 52 to 57 minutes long in duration. I was like, what is oh this? Oh, my cereal? God, the details. It's cereal. Yeah. Blink, blink, blink. It's like... <laughs> It's like, did you get the cell phone records near the Best Buy? Like, what is happening Potomac <laughs> right now? So then, oh my gosh. They, so so there's a fight. I think what's happening is there's been a fight between Ivy and Lebe. Yes, Ivy and Mom called Lebe and went off. And in that was the fact that Lebe has already reached out to Wendy to say, "Hey, the girls, their producers are talking to Neca." She just moved into town. Can you spend mm-hmm. some time with her? Blah, blah, blah. And also Wendy released some text saying that Lebe was also using Wendy's name to get a BBL. <laughs> so I, to me, it sounds like Lebe was the one trying to get on Potomac. And yes. Neka got on Potomac. Yes. And, and Lebe was preparing for it. She was getting a BBL. She was, you know, coming in as Wendy was go- introduced her at her, um, at her child's uh, sip and see. So... That was uh, Wendy was going to bring Neka as her, you know, as somebody who will come and support her as a co, you know, fellow Nigerian. But then Lebe and Wendy's sister got into a fight. Wendy decided, okay, Lebe is not the person, and she started icing her out because of her sister. Yeah, did not give her her plastic surgeon number, but Lebe went ahead and said she was a friend of and a cousin, a twinsie, in fact. And she tried to literally skin Wendy and wear her cl- wear her BBL, right? So she, so Wendy was like, "Okay, that's crazy, Lebe. I'm not gonna know." And so now Neka's coming in, who is related to Lebe. So Wendy is like, "I'm gonna keep her at arm's length, and I'm not gonna right. interact, and I'm not. I don't know her. I know her cousin well enough to know that that cousin is nuts, and I'm not gonna." But in the process, what Wendy is missing out is that her sister and her mother are also equally nuts and they go overboard. <laughs> exactly. But I have to say in all of this, this is all beef between Lebe and Ivy. Yeah. And I think that when Lebe says that your mom called my in-law 
Yeah. Like Geneka says, your mom called Ivy. Or, I'm sorry, your mom called Lebe yeah. and went off and all this stuff and said that, do you know about me? I put out shrines and blah, blah, blah. I yeah. need to watch out all this stuff. And on top of that, you're trying to get uh, NECA on the show <laughs> by being a clout chaser and using our name and all this stuff. NECA, this isn't even really about you. This yeah. is about Lebe and Ivy. So yeah. like even Wendy being like, I don't know you and I'm not involved. This is between my sister and her friend. Like I don't even really know Lebe that well. Like this is – So, so, I, so it, the way it was presented to us at least was that Lebe called Neka and Ike while they were sitting outside and said, Wendy's mom is calling me and yelling and blah, blah, blah. I didn't see or we didn't see where Wendy's mom called Neka directly. It's never happened. But Neka is presenting it as your mom is saying that your mom said that and your mom said that and you were on the call too. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they were calling Neka, but that didn't happen. That never happened. Nobody called Neka. And nobody is pointing that out. Yeah. And nobody has even involved Neka. I think the only way, including Wendy saying, nobody called you, somebody called Neka. If if my mom called Neka, that's between my mom and Neka. But nobody called you. Yeah, yeah. Nobody. But then, my- what about the fourth and the second and the fourth and the sixth? Who called whom on who those call- days? I need to see those tel- cell phone records. Did they call Neka How- on the fourth and second and fourth <laughs> and sixth, or well, was, was it-, it again Lebe? Lebe. We don't know. We have no idea. We should do a serial. See, if you're <laughs> providing evidence, I need to see full evidence. Otherwise, it's all half baked. It's so and do silly. I think that they call? Oh, I absolutely think they call uh, Lebe for sure. Totally, totally. Yeah. Now I have to mention this thing about the sip and see, right? Where they're like, "Why would you? If you're saying you don't know Lebe, why was she at your daughter's sip and see? And why would you like announce her? Right? Mm-hmm. So again, went on Twitter, reached out to saw some of the folks from uh, our friends who re- yeah. who verified yeah. that apparently. This thing where they put a a gale, 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 gale on, on them, that's just something that happens. Like, it's not a significant thing. It happens to literally anyone. And Wendy said, I put that on Giselle. That doesn't mean anything. Like, we're not – it's not this, like, great, big, honorable thing when somebody is called on during – Well, she did say that there's no uh, – that she, she wants her daughter to emulate Lebe. That's how much she admires Lebe. She didn't make that speech. That did we didn't did Wendy before, say that? Showed, yeah, they showed it oh, to emulate flashback oh. where she's like, Lebe, you're like such an epitome of like class. And I wish, I hope that my daughter emulates you. She said that. So she was praising Lebe, but she might have been like, Lebe's accomplished, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. so I think way. Wendy's a little bit full of, a little bit, you know, not a, a little, little bit. bit. A lot of I think too, the but. easiest thing that Wendy could have done in this situation is say, look, Lebe and my sister used to be really, really close. And she starts to get there, right? Yeah. She's like, Lebe and my sister used to be really close. They had a falling out. Whatever drama is happening is between them. It has nothing to do with me and you, Neka. It has yeah. nothing to do with that. Whatever they're saying to each other has – but Wendy is going the extreme other route by being like, I don't even know you. I don't know what you're talking about. And you're right. a liar. And you're clout chasing. And That's you, the, because the, the, Wendy is programmed to defend her crazy mother. Yes. She's programmed to defend her crazy mother. She totally knows that her mother is crazy and her mother does and says things like this. Mm. And she has been programmed through her years to defend her mother. Yes. To the point where even, um, even Eddie 
knows to smile and, you know, act like he doesn't know what they're talking about. Like, Eddie yeah. knows his mother-in-law is crazy, too. They've all yeah. been programmed to protect the mother. Oh, rough stuff. Yeah. Speak, speaking of mothers, um, Giselle makes this one comment about, like, oh, I don't want to hear, like, I don't know what my mother is doing. Like, you can't use that as an excuse. Everybody should be know what their mother is up to. Everyone is aware what their mother is up to. And I was like, Giselle, do you want to do that? Because I don't think that you want your daughters to be poorly judged by the way you behave on television. Right. Right. Let's be and real. I don't know what my mother is up to. I think she's playing Sudoku. But, <laughs> you know. Let me tell you something. I've gotten roped. Into- I don't. T- I don't see what she posts on Facebook because I don't want to know. Why oh, would you're I right. Want to know? No, no. I unfortunately do know what my mom posts on Facebook because she is the most active person on Facebook. But also, um, <clears throat> I've also been roped into drama between mm-hmm. my mom and like her sisters and like a relative and all that. Where my mom is always like, "What do you think about this?" And when I was younger, I used to be like, "Yeah, there's." Now I'm like, "Please don't." Don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't care. <laughs> I, I please. I just yeah. don't want to get involved. And my mom is like, "Okay, I'm just telling you just to keep you in the loop." I'm like, "No, take me out of the loop. <laughs> I don't want any any of it." Um, yeah. Neka goes to an OBGYN. She's trying to get pregnant, oh, and that was such a cringe. This was scene. a really troubling scene. Right? So this, this OBGYN is a man. Um, already red flags. <laughs> and then he's talking about, so they do this like sperm analysis on NECA's husband and he's like, oh yeah, his like sperm has like low movement or whatever, low, low volume. And then he's like, but it, no big deal because he's Nigerian. So he's just going to get you pregnant. No problem. I'm like, wait, wait. I w- Dr. Jack. I wish Dr. Jackie was there because Dr. Jackie would be like, "Hold, hold on, yes. hold on." Not even well. Dr. Jackie is problematic in her own way, the way she talks. Yeah. But I think over the years we've seen her that she always counsels the black woman from that perspective and saying, "I hear you, I see you, yes. I see your problems. I'm going to address it." And she does it in a way where they feel comfortable enough to talk to her. Yes. About it. Now, what she sometimes says. In addition to that, gets in. It's sometimes it's not factual and sometimes it's uh, problematic. But at the very least, she listens to the black woman patient because she's a black woman herself. Mm -hmm. But for this black doctor to come in, be the with the and reinforce the preconceived notions of fertility and how. The uh, Africans and African Americans cannot have these issues because they are hyper fertile and they cannot have yeah. any issues with their fertility. And that don't worry about it and you are fine. And not really listening to her was very troubling to me. Extremely, I did not like it. And then also, he's like, uh, she's like, he's like, oh, um, I guess like, oh, we just don't have enough sex and. Neka's like, no, I'm not going to – don't listen to him, right? And the doctor goes, well, I have to listen to him. He's here. No, you don't. No. He's not your patient. He's, He's not, not your patient. patient. You don't get to bro out with another doctor, black doctor, that now you're broing out with him, and now you know that you are on camera. The way he came in and he was talking to him and he's saying, what part of Nigeria are you from? He didn't ask anything of Neka. He didn't get to know Neka. He mm-hmm. was getting busy getting to know the other guy, 
uh, yeah. Neka's husband. Like I've been to Nigeria. We're part of Nigeria. What's your last name? He's like started growing out right away. No, thank and you. was completely ignoring Neka. And she was right to notice and say, I didn't get my answers here. No. Her face was like stone cold. And I was like with her in that moment. I was like, this is what black women go through all the time when they go to the doctors. And yes. we've heard about it. There are so many studies about it. But here you have both of these men being black doctors, ignoring the woman black patient. Yeah, That was like, oh my God, it was so cringe. Yeah. By the way, I did get a confirmation from one of our listeners that there is such a thing as travel doctors. It is real. Okay. However, they did say that they don't travel in scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody travels. If you're wearing scrubs and walking through the uh, airport, I would stay away from you. That scrubs just tells me that you've just touched a patient. Yeah. Yeah. You're carrying germs on you. Yeah, and if you're a doctor and you're walking through the airport in fresh scrubs and then going into a place to meet with patients, right. that's disgusting you're too. All of the germs that you have traveled with <laughs> to this patient. It's just yeah. Gross. Yeah. Um another thing. Oh, Mia and G go to therapy. Now, what do you think is going on with these two? So um, that because, was interesting. So, because one yeah. of the things that we talked when we first started this um, uh, the season, we were like, okay, G lost all his money, mm-hmm. and that's why Mia is leaving him, right? And she yeah. sort of we seen clips of her confirming, maybe I did marry him for the money, and this and yeah. that and all that. But what we heard here was very interesting. Yeah, it looks completely like Mia totally believes that G embezzled money, mm-hmm. and. He jeopardized her future, is non-apologetic, and went after the lawyer who had who was in turn embezzling money from them. Yeah. To the point where the lawyer then committed suicide. Well, so she's taking that very hard on herself because she's thinking about the lawyer's family and what happened. But I I like where um Robin was like, just so you know, he's done it to other people. And, you know, your issue was probably being disbarred was probably the icing on the the thing that pushed him over. But you are not the only person that she, this lawyer has done it to and you shouldn't feel so guilty about it. I was glad that she shared that information with Robin and Robin was able to comfort her. But the way G was talking about, no, he stole from us. So we are going to go after Wolves. You stole from your brothers and they went after you. And yeah. I think there's like a very deep distrust that developed between the two of them because of it. Because she, if if G had involved her in the embezzlement, I think Mia would still be there. With yeah. She would have gone with him. But this felt like G was embezzling from her too. Yeah, it seems like she's like, uh, she's left out of the loop of the embezzling and and he's not yeah, giving unlike, her any solutions. Unlike Teresa, like she would have been very much like Teresa, like, oh, I'll go. Totally. Yeah, I'll do it for you. She would have been like part and parcel of that crime. <laughs> yeah, and like, because Mia says two things. She's like, first, because initially she was like annoyed that he was like depressed and on the couch all the time and like not doing anything right. with his life. And like that, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff was too hard for her and she didn't want to deal with it and all that. And then now she's like, well, he works too hard and he's not retiring. I'm like, "Mm, 
I don't what I and and that between this and then also the embezzling part of it, I think that what she's basically frustrated with is like he only wants to work if he's going to do shady ass shit. And I don't want him to do shady ass shit. I want him to like figure his shit out. I but I also want that he's the lifestyle going, to not change. <laughs> right. And I think the other thing is that he is going the, down the litigation path that's going to drain their finances even more when he is at fault and she doesn't believe he's going to win the case. Yeah. So she's like, retire, you know, put, tuck your tail between your legs, leave, and then we leave with some dignity and we can have a fresh start and we are not losing money. But here you are compounding that uh, info. And now you're going to go to the courts. The courts are going... A lot more is going to spill out, and that's going to affect me in the long run and my potential to make money. Yeah. It's like she doesn't want to end up like Erica Jane having to fight all these battles because G did something wrong. So she's like yeah. trying to stop him from going down that path, but he's determined to go down that path. Exactly. You nailed yeah. it. Um, Candace and Giselle. All right. Ra- Karen is really trying. Karen really, really wants Giselle and Candace to get it together and stop mm-hmm. ignoring each other and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's obviously there's also like the Candace and Robin thing. Real quick on the Candace and Robin thing, I'm like, Candace, stop at- like you guys know I love Candace, but like Candace, stop acting like you don't know what you did to Robin. Or like I you went online and you went off on Robin and how she's a fraud and all this stuff. And then you didn't talk to her about it. And now you're acting like, I don't know what to do with Robin. Like, I don't know if she's my friend. Like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But with Giselle and Candace, obviously there's like this the Chris stuff. But I think what they're not showing on this is that Giselle was a fucking weirdo on Ultimate Girls Trip to Candace. She was. Yeah. She accused her of stealing alcohol. It was the weirdest it was the weirdest thing in the world. Like right. if you it was so strange. It was Candace like, was okay with Giselle when they first started Ultimate Girls Trip. Yeah. But then Giselle kept continuing to do st- shitty stuff. Yes, exactly. Like Candace was willing to like move on and and just be done with it and like mm-hmm. break the fourth wall and be like, "No, we're good. Right. We're friends. It's okay. Like we're not right. going to be besties, but we're not enemies." And Giselle did the weirdest shit on Ultimate Girls Trip that kind of blew that thing up. So for Giselle mm-hmm. now to be like, oh, to protect my family, I need to blah, 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 blah. I'm mm-hmm. like, I, every accusation that Giselle makes, I right. feel like, is a confession to right. what she's really doing. But I don't think that I, – I, Giselle is also not talking to Candace because there's so much ill, so much ill will against Giselle when it comes to Candace. Yeah. That she knows that this is not going to help her in the long run from the show's perspective. Yeah. She's lost a lot of, you know, uh, she lost a lot of points with what she did with Chris and it didn't help her. So yeah. she she knows that this is not going to work out well. And she knows like Candace is on the up and up. Candace is keeping... Candace is keeping her hands clean this year, so far at least. So Giselle knows that until Candace does something wrong, Giselle cannot act like a victim. So she's just keeping her distance for now. Yeah. Giselle also says in a confessional, she, of of course, again, changes the story what happened with Chris. She says, your husband forced me to go into a room and close the door. Like that's, again, like, (sighs) Giselle, please, I beg of you, stop being such a fucking weirdo, okay? Yeah. Um, I like Giselle so much as a housewife in the show and 
uh, you know, just she's funny and I love her goals. But then her interaction with Candace is what sours me against her. The way she goes after Candace is there's something really troubling there. And I don't quite understand why she's like that. I mean, we saw sort of bits of it, right? With like Monique and Giselle. Like obviously <laughs> uh, we were we were team Sorry. everybody but Monique. It's okay. Um, team everybody but Monique uh, during yeah. that season. But even that right. whole thing where she brought that like guy and like the bodyguard and all that kind of stuff. Like it just – I wish that and I get it because she's just like not close to them. I do wish that she would just communicate to people the way that like she and Robin and Juan can figure out. Obviously, Robin and Giselle have a much longer friendship than Mm -hmm. Candace and Giselle or obviously Giselle and Monique. But I think that Giselle does these really weird things where she she is a dick and then she wants everybody to act like she's not being a dick. Like she wants people right. to be like, Oh, LOL. That's just Giselle. And when people don't respond to her that way, she takes it really, really personally. And then she shuts down and that's what she's doing with Candace right now. Um, right. And I just wish she wouldn't because the show would be so much more fun if those two would just like talk I to know. each other. I know. Um, speaking of weirdo behavior, married to medicine whole bunch of other stuff happened, okay? It was post Sweet Tea and Gregory's wedding. Who cares? Who cares? Instead, That's what I meant. I said, I told you, no. I got a little bored. I was like, no, but it was boring until mm-hmm. the end, okay? Where we got a classic married to me- medicine mess around, okay? We had an event that Phaedra invited everybody to called <laughs> She Has Risen. <laughs> <laughs> at a funeral home. Yeah. I mean, the best thing about this is that like they're doing this like super dramatic thing, but the room is so brightly lit. Like <laughs> every single light in that funeral in that funeral you, home is your, on. You know, it was a Monday morning. That it was like one of those days when they don't have funerals. It's the day when the funeral home is closed. And it's in the morning when there's nothing happening. So they took the day off day and they filmed it. <laughs> it was so funny. And I have the- expected croissants and bagels. No, I, <laughs> truly. I wanted there to be a breakfast buffet, like a waffle maker or something. Right. Crepes, something or another. <laughs> but at this funeral, a casket is brought in and <laughs> quad, quad pops up. And the best thing about the Married to Medicine editing is that Quad pops up. There's a pause for a second. And then she goes, some of you girls, pause, gave me an early death sentence. Like, I don't I, I don't know how you else know to Phaedra wrote you. that. Phaedra wrote that. Okay. I think there was a consultation with Phaedra, but that was a classic Quad. Quad. Yeah. Quad moment. Like, or <laughs> True. Quad. True. Quad just, I mean, the whole thing, the Phaedra. Phaedra, if, if anything, she's a product. She's She loves to producer. produce. Yeah. yeah. She's a producer for sure. Yes. that And Quad is, Quad loves to have be in the spotlight. So they are like made in, match made in heaven. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, that's the thing. Uh, Phaedra says, we're all gathered here. Teeth, vagina, tennis experts. <laughs> <laughs> There's a saxophone, the casket. Like, it was just so funny. <laughs> it was so funny. Like, it, it it killed me. And then 
Quad comes out and she goes around and she asks them if they she's read they're ready to bury the strife, the turmoil, and the pettiness. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes to Jackie first, and then she goes, "Are you ready?" And Jackie goes, "Ready for what?" <laughs> to bury the strife the turmoil and the pettiness and jackie's like yeah i guess sure i don't know what's happening here um but what i wanted to notice was no was that when all this is happening toya's pissed the fuck off because i think toya was really banking on this idea that quad would not be on this television show anymore right right because what quad did to toya and she's going to bring it up i guess in the next episode is that she accused her of being a thief. Yeah. She accused her of some real nastiness when she was, uh, you know, doing whatever and Anila was working on. Yeah. Anila and Quad really went after Toya. And Toya cannot forgive that. That was like super cruel of what what Anila and Toya did. Anila got to pay for it. Anila got kicked out. But Toya is um Quad is still here. So. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about how fucked up it was that Giselle told, like, was reaming this whole, like, staging this whole investigation over a bottle of alcohol against Candace, it's right. what we we said it, what Quad and Anila did with um, Toya is you- was really, really fucked up. It is yeah. really, really fucked up. Right. But Toya's face, I've never seen her less amused. <laughs> uh, she's pissed. But the other thing is, as the night goes on, they have a... They go to a repass where they eat and they talk about stuff. I I noticed that Simone and Toya weren't mic'd. Really? Simone especially was not mic'd. Oh. And I'm wondering know. if at some point they just decided to take their mics off and say we're not doing this with Quad. Because wow. I, I really think Simone and Toya do not want Quad on the show. No. 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 Not at all. Um. I like Jackie at the end. Quad was like, all things considered, this went really well. And Jackie's like, it did not. Like this. <laughs> uh, what do you think the the I, I think Heavenly and uh, Heavenly and Jackie are team fans. They're sitting on the fence. They are the fans. They are like trying to keep these different factions together. Simone and Toya don't want to be part of anything to do with um, um, Quad. They are tolerating Phaedra, but the more Phaedra brings Quad and pushes Quad in their faces, they're going to back. That's going to backfire on Phaedra. Yeah. Um, and then Sweet Tea is just a lamb that's been walked into the slaughterhouse and doesn't quite know what's going to happen to her. <laughs> Honestly, and she's trying to like, you know, fight yeah. with Heavenly, babe. No, no, no. no. And I like voids of it, Heavenly. Heavenly will go nasty and deep and low. You don't want to get into a fight with Heavenly. And I wish that Heavenly would take a page out of Phaedra's book because um, Sweet Tea knows that she's not going to get that reaction from Phaedra. Like, they're like, Phaedra, it was still messed up that you brought her to the bachelorette party. And Phaedra's like, shrug. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. That's it. it. And then, like, but Heavenly instead starts to be like defending herself because at the end yeah. of the day, Heavenly is really concerned about like how she looks to people. Heaven- yeah, and Heavenly likes people to like her. Yes. At the, yes. At the core of it, Phaedra doesn't care. Phaedra yes. doesn't care. Phaedra has been disliked by everybody and she doesn't care. 
she's coming on like a full villain. Every yeah, scene, she's she sees, like a villain. She's like, you know, she runs a funeral home. She sees where everybody ends up on on uh, in the casket in her funeral home. She's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I just it, it did make me laugh. I'm glad that Quad is back. Um, I'm glad that Toya and Simone are going to have to deal with it because um, you. I just I don't like the idea of icing anybody out from filming. I don't like it on Potomac. I don't like it on Salt Lake City. No. I don't like. I just hate it. You're all hired to do this job. You are not You're doing the job. If you don't, yeah. if yeah, you know that's something that you're the whole icing it out everybody notices it everybody knows it's happening so it's nothing that we're you know the audience is not dumb they can see it too and the more you ice out somebody the more you look like an idiot yeah i also think like simone said this thing to quad which was like do you think that we're all on the same level or do you think that you're above us and i think that between quad always feels like those women look down on her and she thinks that think that she shouldn't be on the show anymore because she's no longer married to medicine Mm -hmm. and so she acts like she's above them she doesn't need the show blah 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 right Mm -hmm. and simone and jackie and all of them don't like that that quad has other things going on and that quad prioritizes doesn't prioritize the show as the best thing that's ever happened to her right i don't think they don't mind quad having other things the other things don't show up on this show the other things are outside of the show like jackie has her business but jackie will bring it on the show they are all anchoring it around the show but quad does her own thing and when she does her own thing much like a little bit like uh, candy does when she's doing her own thing she ignores this show yeah, and, and ignores them. Yeah, I think that, so that Quad doesn't them feel out. like we are not important to you. We are not the important coworkers. This feels like a part-time job that you're doing on the side to make more money. Yes, I think that Quad doesn't talk to these women unless she's filming. Yeah, yeah. Except for Heavenly, I think Quad reaches out to Heavenly. I think Heavenly it, reaches out to Quad. Yeah, you're right. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Last thought before we wrap and up. And Quad finds Heavenly funny, so she a lot picks up. The yes, phone. exactly. <laughs> and Heavenly loves to talk shit, and that's funny to, to so Quad. Quad gets all the information on all of these other. She gets all the gossip from Heavenly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Last thought before we wrap up. I need to get mm-hmm. your opinion on it because you are the biggest Shannon Bedore apologist. <gasps> yes. Poor Alexis Jesus Jugs Bellino is dating. Yeah. John Jansen. I think it's because of the initials. I think they have like towels Jesus, and Jesus, stuff that is all JJ. And so they're like, it works. Jesus jugs. <laughs> John Jansen. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to come out with a, with a, you know, a jug collection that says Jesus jugs. JJ. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I think um I think good for um John Jensen I guess cuz who knew he could still get it There were still women falling all over themselves for him Like what is it about that Al Gore you know shriveled up Al Gore look like I don't understand like what what is attractive about him who knows Maybe the yeah. boat just cuz he has a boat I don't know But well, yeah. at the same time I'm like um, Shannon should feel good about it. She she can finally move on. Um, she yeah. can you know she shouldn't be you know she should be fine with it. So 
I hope she's fine with it and not spiraling out of control, but she can do. You know, she's probably spiraling out of control. Archie is like hearing a lot of whining. Archie's like, can you just throw a ball, please? Yes. Let's not talk about John Jackson. And apparently there's a picture with Tamara and Jesus Jugs together and allegedly Tamara and Shannon are out on the outs again. Like how, what did they think? They were they were gonna do the tequila tour. The fact that these women, both um you know, um Tamara and Vicky were gonna still do the tequila tour and take Shannon with them when she was being sober. I don't see how that could have happened in the first place. And nobody should trust Tamara. Tamara is like a snake. Tamara is a snake through and through. Nobody should trust Tamara. I think if people haven't realized that, then it's their own damn fault. They're going to get bit. Exactly. Exactly. Well, peace and blessings to our little Shannon Bedore. (laughs) <laughs> I hope you are, you know, I hope you're not storm. drinking now to, oh God. you know, thing. just don't slip yeah. and stay sober, Shannon, stay sober. You're stay funny sober. without the drinks. Yeah. You don't have to wear spanks and get drunk with Tamara for you to be funny. Yeah. You are an icon on your own. Yeah. Just control the spiraling, please. Right. Oh, take back of Yeah. Whatever meds help, take it. Take them. Yeah, please. <laughs> We need you, Shannon. That's Shannon is the only reason I watch OC. If if I do, yeah, Um, she's the only thing that I like about OC. (laughs) I don't like any of the characters on OC except for Shannon. Candace is the worst parts of me, and Shannon is the worst parts of you. Yes, (laughs) yes. Shannon is the worst part of me. Shannon is as she is a walking epitome of all of my insecurities. Like she literally represents all of my insecurities. And you know what, guys? It's important to feel seen on television, okay? Right. Representation matters. My insecurities need to be represented too. <laughs> <laughs> 